Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome to this Tuesday, April 18th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Punick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here as uh, we'll talk some EPAC baseball and softball to start things off on this edition of the Sports Mix. Look back at some games from last night. As uh, let me pull up the games here. Three pack teams were in action last night. Jefferson beat Berkeley Springs 14 to three. The Cougars now sit at 11 and four through 15 games. Washington fell to Highland out of Virginia nine to eight. Patriots now sit at seven and 11. And the Spring Mills Cardinals fell to Hurricane ten to two. The Cardinals are now four and 12 on the season. And guys. Uh, Jefferson getting that victory over Berkeley Springs. That was something that was expected as Berkeley Springs obviously a double-A team. Uh, and that was to be expected there. Washington fell to a highly competitive Highland team out of Warrington, Virginia, I believe, is now 13-4 and four on the season, if I looked correctly. And Spring Mills fell to a tough Hurricane team. So, uh, you know, kind of as expected yesterday maybe washington to pull out that win would have been big uh, but looking at that record for highland they were coming in and it was a really good program coming in uh so that was going to be tough for them but spring mills obviously trying to find some things this year unfortunately they felt a hurricane at one of the top teams in the state yeah not a bad uh day like you said spencer i think it was pretty uh, predictable outcomes there yes uh, washington highland was kind of a toss-up and it was a pretty close game so um, you know, for Washington, I think that they still played well, even though they lost. Uh, but again, I think they're still suffering from these inconsistencies of not being able to really put together multiple wins in a row, uh, which will hold them back come playoff time if that continues, uh, because you obviously need to win multiple games in a row in order to stay alive and uh, keep your season going. So um, definitely a talented team, but definitely a team that I think has – underachieved at times this year and has played a little bit inconsistent um and you talk to their coaches and they'll say the same thing so i think you know it's a young group and and they'll be uh, i think a a really good team you know from for years down the line obviously they don't have colin reed pitching right now which we know is a is a big part but you know your team is not based on all around one player and they do have other you know capable guys that have stepped up i think that's going to be continue to be the storyline for Washington this year is can they play with a little bit more consistently consistency uh, in order to make any sort of run come playoff time it seems like though Jefferson's starting to pick it up uh, they've carried over that momentum from the beach get a win over Berkeley Springs yesterday I know it's an expected win but to go out there and have two really big six run innings in the game and uh, you know contribute throughout the ball game pitching wise uh they're certainly a team that's that's right in the mix and uh big game for them here today which i think will tell us a little bit more about jefferson when they go up against edgesville if they're able to get that win uh was a really close loss for the cougars last time out um with tanner matthew on the mound throwing a gem and then game goes eight innings so should be a good game uh, we'll be there looking forward to it 
Uh, we haven't seen that Cougar team in a while, so uh, it should be interesting to see how they've improved. Yeah, I don't have uh, too many thoughts about the Jefferson win one because it was expected, in, especially since it was against Berkeley Springs, a lower classification team and a team that's really been struggling this year. Uh, and then same for Spring Mills, even though you, you wanted to see them somehow pull off an upset, you kind of knew that against University it was going to be too tough of a task. Hurricane, Hurricane. yes, thank you. Um, but for Washington... It, Which I they, think it was against University. I thought that's who they played yesterday. Who did? Spring Mills. Spring Mills. Yeah. I think you said Hurricane. Unless I misheard you. They did play Hurricane on Saturday, though. That might so be I had it that and then had it flipped. All right. Yeah, well, back to, to yesterday, back to Washington. It was a tough game. And this week, as you just mentioned, with Colin Reed not pitching, they're kind of in a tough spot with him out of that rotation because he was the ace before the injury. And it limits your rotation, too, especially in a week that you have – games each day this weekday and every a lot of teams weekday like this that week this. i know but when you lose one guy and it's a big guy that being colin reed you got to really figure out how to work around it maybe that's why they haven't been able to string the wins together like you mentioned nick and it's three epac games as well in this week of the five games that they have so trying to figure out the rotation keep that in order but at the same time wanting your bigger guys that are left to go up against your in-conference opponents is really tough, I feel like, for them. And with your senior leader not getting to be on the mound, even though he's still available in the lineup and in the dugout being that leader that he is, it's still tough. Yeah, you don't have him defensively as well, which certainly hurts. But I think when looking at it from the pitching perspective, if this team wants to win in the playoffs, you can only throw that top arm once yeah. in a you know in a series or in a sectional or a regional tournament. So you're going to need other guys to step up when it matters most anyway. So I think for this team, uh, you know, it's not just the pitching, but obviously you need consistent performances from everybody in the lineup, everybody in the pitching rotation, and they just now there is clearly some talent there, and they clearly have you know a good group and i think they could potentially make a run this year to the regional championship but also it seems like these teams are kind of going in different directions i mean washington's still playing pretty good baseball overall but when you compare jefferson washington which is what we would expect to be the uh sectional championship there um you know it seems like jefferson's just really started to find their stride now you know, today again, like I said, I think today's a real challenge in the EPAC to, to to show what you've done. But you've already been competitive against Hedgesville. I think if you do that again, or even get a win, which I wouldn't be surprised if Jefferson were to win today, uh, just because I think it's a close matchup. It can could go either way between these two teams. You know, I think that puts you in a, in a lot more confidence toward Jefferson right now than toward Washington uh, of winning that section, which. It's kind of unfortunate because it seems like the gap is a lot smaller than it's been in recent years between yeah. Washington and Jefferson this year, but it still may be enough of a gap that you take Jefferson to win the section and would be pretty surprised if Washington won it. I mean, you look at tonight's matchup, I think, you know, just a good, if we were to throw out some guesses, don't know, haven't confirmed yet, who's going to pitch for each team. And I think for Hedgesville, it's going to be Jackson Ruest, and probably for... Jefferson, I want to say it's going to be Riley Morgan. 
because they pitched last night. Uh, who did they pitch last night? Let me double check here on Game Hefner. Hefner pitched last night. So, and you know, I think it, maybe you see Daquan Shipe in as well. I mean, we, we've seen him pitch one inning at the beginning of the game. I'm not too sure why that happens. We'll have to co- talk to Coach Lowry about that. But he does come in and pitch the first inning. I don't know if it's an opener situation and or, or what it is. But uh, you know, I think Riley Morgan maybe gets gets the uh, gets the ball tonight for the Cougars. Yeah, yeah, it seems like those guys make the most sense, and I'm expecting a very competitive game, just like the last time these two teams met. It was a three-two win for Hedgesville in eight innings on the road, and that was earlier this year. I feel like both teams have definitely gotten better as the year has went on and maybe Jefferson this time around on the road can pull off the upset the biggest thing that they'll need though is and we've talked about this all year long with Jefferson consistency at the plate that game they struggled and that's ultimately the downfall for the Cougars when you only have three hits in the game compared to eight for Hedgesville when you get runners on that's the opportunities you need to get them across even though both teams kind of struggled with that it was a low scoring affair you need to be better at the plate especially against a guy like Jackson Ruest and they found their offense as of late Mm -hmm. I mean for the most part here against since that game you had another two run outing against Musselman you know on Tuesday of the 28th March 28th put up five against Washington you put up 15 against Grace uh, 10 against Spring Mills 10 against Moorefield uh, then down at the beach, you put up three fifteen. You did get shut out in one of your games to High Point, and who ended up being the champions. Uh, and then you put up eleven against McClancy and fourteen yesterday. So the offense is is there right now for Jefferson. They're swinging good bats. However, now, not all of their opponents are as, as quality as Hedgesville, but that's what uh, point I was going to bring. Still, up you start to see that offense coming alive a little bit. Some of their opponents have been quality teams, and you've seen some good running or runs being put out, but. You know, I think Jefferson's offense now is at least seeing the ball a lot better than what they were at the beginning of the year when they played Hedgesville. But I still think the question remains, though, when when you just went down that list, yeah, they're putting up runs, but it's against teams that are not the quality of who you said was a two-run game as well. Hedgesville, two-run game, high point. They got shut out. So can they do it against the top teams? Put up 15 against Waccamaw. Waccamaw's not terrible. You know, they're a solid team. They're still struggling this year. I mean, we, yeah. we saw them. They were all right, but they had their moments where you were like, this team still has ways to go. Look, I think it's because we're putting McClancy. this team against last year's team. I think that's what you're looking at. Is that you're, we're, we're putting Jefferson no, 2023 against, against the Jefferson entirety of the EPAC right now. And when they play the top teams above them, they've struggled. I mean, we saw it against Martinsburg. It was a one-run game for them that they lost. So would you put Martinsburg above Jefferson? It's still tough for me. I, I, we talked about this off the air and the way things are going this year. I, I still no think right now it's a no, even though, yes, Martinsburg got that 3-1 win. The, the way these teams have played lately, I say that Jefferson's better, but we, we know eventually they do play each other again, and if Martinsburg gets a win again, I, I'd swap them. Right. I think, you know, I mean – all these teams have to play a second time before we can give a definitive ranking, I think, and, and we'll have a little bit more information. And it does seem like, though, that Jefferson is playing better baseball uh, right now, maybe compared to a Martinsburg, but it's not a big difference. And I think 
overall, you know, the the top five teams in the EPAC and Spring Mills has had, you know, kind of a down year that you can't really put them in the same category. There's not too big of a difference, especially between three, four, and five uh, compared to one and two, who are obviously probably Hedgesville and Musselman right now. But three, four, five, there's a pretty close gap. And even the gap between one and five or one and four or two and three, and, you know, there's it's pretty close. I mean, while we seem to rank Hedgesville and Musselman ahead of those other teams, it's really because of their experience and their, their pitching. But if their pitching has an off game, um, you know, these two teams or these other three, four, five teams – are, are right there as well so you know i think it's going to be a real fun section a real fun regional and a real good end to the rest of the season and that's why these second games are going to be important and how these teams finish here in this final month of the regular season um to determine some things here so we, we got a few weeks left uh, before we get into the problem is is they play sectionals. these second games here after the first week of may which if i remember correctly the voting will already be done by right. that point. Yeah, that so, hurts. Well, like we've said before, though, I mean, while you obviously... But I don't think you play... I think all your sectional games are... I don't know. I'll have to get clarification when the voting is due. But like Washington and Musselman play each other May 4th. Um, Spring Mills plays Jefferson May 2nd. They play the sectional game Friday the 28th. Like, your sectional game should already be done by that point if it's the weekend before. I don't know what it is. I'll have to double-check when the voting is due. But uh, Tripp, our color analyst, says depth. Musselman, Hedgesville, and Jefferson have lots of depth on their team. And I would agree with that. I think Jefferson does have a little bit more depth in their pitching, especially than than Martinsburg. But I think when you go back to the rankings – I've said this multiple times in any sport. You have to beat these teams anyway. So it's like yeah. if you're the one seed in the section or the four seed, it it really doesn't matter. You you got to get through this section anyway. I mean, it helps obviously to have you know the first round buy or whatever the case may be, but or the the home field advantage or the lesser opponent. But like it, you got to get through them anyway. So I mean, while you want to have the higher ranking, it, it doesn't matter as much as maybe we hype it up to be. I would In my tend opinion. to agree with that. Yeah. All right, let's look at some softball here. A uh, couple teams in action last night. It looks like a doubleheader for – a sectional doubleheader for Hedgesville. They uh, beat Spring Mills 8-4 to yesterday and then beat Martinsburg 20-2. to uh, Hedgesville at 12-7 and on the – 12-5 and on the season. Jefferson getting back in action, I believe, later this week. May I think Thursday, their game against Martinsburg. Uh they currently sit at fourteen and four. Obviously, the favorites here: Martinsburg zero and eighteen on the season. Musselman seven and eleven, as uh, they are going to play sometime this week. Don't have their schedules in game changer. Um, and Spring Mills, they're uh, going to Friday, the end of this week, I believe, is their next scheduled game. After that, and uh, you know Washington, they're sitting at twelve and two. They play Martinsburg tonight at seven. Uh, and then they'll play Hedgesville Thursday and Berkeley Springs Friday, as well as East Hardy on Friday as well. But I mean, section two, it's going to be the it's the hardest section to predict. I think you you have, I think you probably going to have Hedgesville once again as they're rounding into form coming out of section one. But section two, it's hard between Washington and Jefferson. 
You mean Hedgesville or Musselman? What? Oh, sorry, softball. Yeah, yeah we're on softball. We're talking about softball. Point down for a second. Yeah, right. For, yeah. It, it. I do agree. It depends on the night for. I mean, you Jefferson, guys had that Jefferson Washington, Washington, Washington game. A, yeah, it went it to extras. Jefferson no, swept or, Washington. Could have gone extras. It was one nothing. It was one nothing, and then in the sixth, it was the two run home run. Yeah. So Jefferson got the win there, but yes, it, it's close between those two, and that's what makes it fun. And I still think that's ultimately the state championship, basically, or the deciding factor for who's going to win the state is who comes out of that section between Jefferson and Washington. I, I don't see any other teams that in this state, once it comes to playoff time, will be able to beat those two teams, just how talented they are. And, yeah, it definitely helps you, I guess, try to make a clear picture on the Section 1 side between Hedgesville and Spring Mills that Hedgesville got the win this time, even though they've now split in the regular season. So if Hedgesville has an off night, you can see Spring Mills upset them come sectional playoff time. That's what would make things definitely interesting and maybe prevent a rematch of last year between Hedgesville and Jefferson, just to throw that out there, even though I know on the other side, Washington wants to be the one in that conversation too. It's definitely a big gap between Jefferson, Washington, and then the rest, but it's still something that you can keep an eye on and be entertained. Pretty cool, though, because yeah. four of the six EPAC teams have double-digit wins. Yeah, it's definitely been a good year, and you like to see female sports in this area continue to grow because we know and we've kind of talked about it here and there. There's been a struggle in this area to really find teams from here to compete statewide. So the fact that it's growing, even though, yes, I know Jefferson won states last year. Musselman Volleyball is definitely a dominant program, too, that you can definitely stay in that conversation. They are a dynasty for sure, but what else do we have? I know Spring Mills had a great year. That's been building, though, the past two years. Jefferson, that was the first ever state championship in softball, so the consistent one has been Musselman Volleyball, but since then, there, there really hasn't been anything else, so the fact that these other programs continue to grow is definitely a great sign. Yeah, it definitely is sure. a great sign. Before we hit the break, though, saw this last night, late last night after my sports report was filed. Uh, but Avion Blackwood has committed to play football at Bluefield State. Will join his Bulldog teammate Eric King down there next in the fall. So congrats to him as uh, he sets a, sets his journey up for college. If any other students in the Eastern Panhandle are planning to play athletics in college, we'll shout them out on the air. Maybe even get an interview with them, depending how things go how things are with that but uh, that'll do for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by parsons ford kent parsons ford and martinsburg they became number one by making you number one first go to parsonsford.com for more on the other side of this break we'll talk wvu basketball lots of things going on there lots of transfers lots of players coming in we'll talk about that after this two-minute break with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area take parsons ford with huge savings on hundreds of new fords financing from zero percent parsons goal of financing for all and parsons famous above market trade-in allowances that help make parsons number one for used cars too see why so many won't buy anywhere but parsons ford in martinsburg we became number one by making you number one first parsons 
At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Catch the excitement of the West Virginia High School baseball and softball seasons on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hit it into left field and that'll drop. Coming around is Sifford and the ball is going to slow up and he's going to score and Martinsburg's going to walk it off and get the win. We have over 25 games scheduled featuring the schools in the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference. Every game will be live right here on Talk Radio WRNR, TV 10, and our WRNR TV YouTube page. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. Let's hear the uh, Mountaineer Report as we uh, get things going here on this Mountaineer segment of the show. Here's the Mountaineer Report. The baseball backyard brawl is a day away, and both schools' upperclassmen are leading the way. Hi, I'm Andrew Caridi, and that story and more is coming up on today's Mountaineer Report, brought to you by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small cruise, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. At Kroger, you can find the highest quality products at a great price in every aisle, every day with Kroger brand. So you can stock up on your household favorites that are tried, tested, and loved by you. Because when you get the products you love at great prices, it feels like winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. West Virginia baseball takes on Pitt tomorrow night at 6 o'clock at PNC Park. And a pair of graduate students are producing at a top level and were key factors in their respective series wins over the weekend. West Virginia veteran shortstop Tevin Tucker was named the WVU Student Athlete of the Week after he finished 10 for 16 in four games, scoring eight runs and hitting two doubles. The Prince George, Virginia native is enjoying a career year this season, hitting 355, which is nearly double his average from last season. And with the absence of 
West Virginia's star second baseman J.J. Weatherholt, who leads the Big 12 in batting average and hits, Tucker's emergence couldn't come at a better time with Weatherholt being listed as day-to-day. For Pitt, it's outfielder Kyle Hess, who had seven hits and three RBI for the Panthers this weekend in an upset series win over number 7 Virginia, which snapped UVA's 23-game home winning streak, the longest in the country and the longest in their history. He's hitting 355 and over 300 for the third time in his career. The duo has combined for 317 career games played. Overall, it's hard to not favor 25-win West Virginia in the matchup, with Pitt two games under 500 at 16 and 18. The Mountaineers are second in the Big 12 in batting average hitting 301, while Pitt is 11th in the ACC at 273. The pitching isn't much better for the Panthers, with their ERA sitting in the 12 spot of the 14-team league, while West Virginia's is also second in the Big 12. You can join myself and Jake Weghorst tomorrow night on the Mountaineer Sports Network at 545 with first pitch set for six between West Virginia and Pitt at PNC Park. I'm Andrew Caridi, and that's been today's Mountaineer Report, brought to you by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. Thank you, Andrew. Not used to hearing his voice. Yeah, I like hearing it on this radio station in the area. <laughs> uh, but WVU baseball impressing this year. We haven't talked enough about them. 25-11 and 11 on the season. They're going to play Pitt at PNC Park uh, tomorrow, I believe, Wednesday. That's set for 6 p.m. Then they got a home weekend series with TCU in the conference. They'll be a, they'll have a host Penn State next Tuesday, and then they're uh, at Baylor, and then they'll host Pitt, and then they'll be hosting Oklahoma, and then they play Pitt multiple times. I didn't yeah, realize that. Yeah, they just spent it out. It's still, a, I guess, full series technically against them. But yeah, but uh, did you see they have some new fans? Did yes, you see that? I, I did see that. That was a pretty cool uh, thing that happened over the weekend at. Oklahoma State, which is where West Virginia baseball had a series, and then Iowa State softball had a series, and through uh, the social media networks of Barstool uh, Sports for the two colleges, um, they kind of became friends because WVU does not have a softball team, and Iowa State does not have a baseball team, so they decided to uh, start cheering for each other while they were at Oklahoma State, since both teams were playing there and went to each other's games to support them so it's a pretty unique and cool thing that happened yeah pretty cool wvu baseball we'll continue talking about that one we might have to get andrew on to talk about them headed into the conference tournament yeah sounds good to me didn't know they, they used their to games. be nationally ranked so are they not i don't see them on there anymore unless i was looking at a different one i went to d1baseball.com and didn't see them there but they, they've been winning series and they just won that series against Oklahoma State who I believe was nationally ranked so it's a team that uh should have some postseason success hopefully yeah another team that's looking for postseason success next year uh went to the tournament this year they're reloading uh and by reloading I mean reloading out of the portal as a lot of additions here and they'll get the the two guys from uh where were they what was those guy from Arizona and no then no, a- no the guys that were on the roster but couldn't play Oh, Manhattan. Manhattan, the two guys that were on the roster last year. Uh, and you get Caleb Grill. Or no, he's potentially going to come in for a transfer. But Jesse Edwards is a guy mm-hmm. right now that's made his commitment. And uh, huge as Bob Huggins is making some moves here. Yeah, this is exactly what you want as a WVU men's basketball fan, right? Because a lot of people, the thing that the haters of Bob Huggins always go to is that he he's not big enough in the 
transfer portal, and that's where a lot of teams need to go now to find guys and be competitive, right? It's all about NIL and the transfer portal. That That's how these teams need to adapt if they want to be contenders in NCAA, and that's what Bob Huggins is able to do. Uh, a lot of people were saying um, Edwards from Syracuse is the number three top guy that was in the portal, and then uh, the guy from Arizona, Chris, I'm trying Kirk, to, I'm Kirk yeah, Kirk Chrissa, um was the top point guard in a lot of people's eyes from Arizona, a team that didn't do well in the postseason, obviously, they got upset by Princeton, but he, he was really good for them the entire season, so these are two guys that I think you'll honestly see in the starting five for the blue and gold. Well, and they're looking to pick up another top, another top transfer out of the country, uh, where is it? Caleb Grill, uh, Iowa State transfer guard, is on a visit this week. Later this week, they'll bring in Pitt big man John Hewley. So taken away from uh, from Pitt would be a pretty big thing to you know flex out there. Yeah, it, it, this is the way that things need to go. Unless right? Socks. Then That's it would true. Be very <laughs> <laughs> that, that, there is that possibility for everybody as well. I mean, it, it's a different mentality when you play for Huggins, right? That's the one comment that you were looking at um, from the Syracuse guy, right, that you brought up off the uh, air. The Arizona player. Was it the Arizona player? Um, my apologies, but it was um, the reason why he chose WVU was because he saw Huggins in an old tractor and knew this guy was loyal and that he needed to start playing defense because that's – the mentality that Huggins brings to WVU is defense first, and defense leads to offense. Yeah. So, here we go. But uh, WVU getting some key transfers in and looking to add some more this week. That will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you by Arsini's Home Store, not just appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding. After living his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson, we go to Orsinis.com for more on the inside of this break. We'll talk NBA as the playoffs began over the weekend. And a pretty interesting uh, thing happened last night. We'll get into the ejection of Draymond Green after this two minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsinis right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Charlestown and Spring Mills now offer same-day appointments. No referral is needed unless required by your insurance carrier. WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine offers the exceptional care you expect for the injuries you don't. For same-day appointments at WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, call 304-725-BONE. 
Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. For the perfect gift, look no further than L.A. Roberts Jewelers at 146 North Queen Street in downtown Martinsburg. Choose from a huge selection of unique items from the finest diamonds that make your eyes sparkle to exquisite timepieces, figurines, and collectibles. Buying from L.A. Roberts Jewelers means that you've made the decision to do business with people who've excelled in the industry for more than 100 years. They'll be here tomorrow when you need them, and if you need your jewelry or your watch repaired, they'll do that too. L.A. Roberts in downtown Martinsburg. Old World Jewelers for a new age. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here for this Tuesday, April 18th. The NBA playoffs begin over the weekend uh, and uh, are continuing here with the Game 2s. And uh interesting situation occurred in the Game 2 last night with Draymond Green, guys. Yeah, and uh, I-, I wanted to make the topic of uh, should he be suspended? for it and it was a flagrant two that ultimately also uh resulted in i can't remember the player for sacramento getting sabonis. a flagrant one i believe as well I but i don't know sabonis got that but i know he was the there, there was somebody with a flagrant it. one and uh draymond got the flagrant two and was ejected and then had his little taunt to all the fans as his goodbye but when you stomp on a player right like that it, it's something that with a guy that You've seen time and time again get in trouble. I think another suspension probably does need to come. Yeah, it could. Um, it definitely probably should, but I don't know if it will. will it? Because, as we know, the NBA uh, probably doesn't want Draymond Green suspended because the Warriors are already down 2 or nothing, and the yeah. Warriors are a money-making franchise while Sacramento And we remember what really happened the isn't. last time he was suspended in the playoffs. It's true, yeah. And that... Uh, partially maybe cost them the championship i don't know but um so i don't i don't know if he will get suspended i think he should though i mean you can't really act that way especially you know on the basketball court so um yeah i think he should be but overall the series you know is definitely you know it was a great game one game two was pretty exciting i didn't really watch game two because of it being at 10 o'clock and having to work the next day but today um yeah that is today yes so i didn't watch it but um you know i i saw that clip and obviously you know you can't act that way so um the warriors though being down 2-0 is kind of surprising a lot of people it's been a weird playoffs because a lot of people think heading in that the teams out of the west at least who have the best chance to win are the four seed phoenix suns the six seed golden state and the seven seed lakers which is i mean how many times have we ever said that in the history of the NBA yeah. that the four, yeah. six, and sevens are kind of the top three favorites? So, 
I don't know if that will actually happen, but that is how a lot of people are leaning, at least heading into these playoffs. Um, well, are people still leaning that way for Golden State now being down 2-0? I mean, yes, it probably goes not. back to Golden State now, but... Yeah, being down 2-0 definitely hurts. Um, I I thought they would win the series against Sacramento just because I didn't really love that Sacramento team, but they seem to be playing great basketball. They do have a lot of decent pieces, but going into Oakland, or I guess now they play in San Francisco, uh, the Bay Area is always a tough place to play. It's a very loud arena, so um, you know it, it could very easily end up being 2-2, and then it's anybody's series from that point. So you know we'll see how golden state responds here and i think overall you know i i want to see golden state win just because i think they're a fun team to watch but um you know sacramento certainly has had a great run and has a talented team yeah i would tend to agree with that you know the other team uh with the kings up 2-0 the other team up 2-0 right now in the east is uh, the 76ers, they win 96-84 last night over the Nets. They take a 2-0 series lead, and uh, you know if they can get 3-0, it's pretty much over. Yeah, I mean, th- this Nets team isn't the Nets team of the start of the year, right? It's been completely rebuild and a team that I think will get swept again. Yeah. So, I even think though they... the 76ers weren't that impressive last night, I mean, they didn't score over 100. They still got Embiid struggled for the most part, but I, I still think they're sweeping Brooklyn. Yeah, game set for tonight, the Hawks and Celtics game two with Boston up one nothing. That game's at 7 p.m. I know, Colin, we keep an eye on that in the studio tonight. Uh, then at 7.30 on TNT, Knicks and Cavaliers. The Knicks stole one against the Cavs uh, on, uh, was it Sunday or Saturday? can't remember which was it, I think it was Sunday. It, it's been so weird yeah. on how they stagger these playoffs early. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they're a you know, four-win difference team here as, uh, you know, the Knicks looking to go up 2-0 tonight. The Clippers and Suns, you know, about even 144 wins, 145 wins. Uh, but the Clippers, technically the underdog in this series with one less win, if you want to call it that. That game's at 10 p.m. on TNT. Uh, they're already up one nothing in the series over the Suns. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers have been or played a great game the other night with Kawhi Leonard going for 38 points. Uh, Russell Westbrook shot terribly from the floor. I think he was like three for 19. Yeah, he, he was horrible, but he was the reason why they won. But then he ended up being the reason why they won because of his defense hustle at the end. And so, free throws. Yep, so you know, he contributed in a big way. Um, and the Suns, you know, they're an interesting team because they were – they haven't played together that much. Like it's almost like Kevin Durant's on the Suns, but it's like you almost forget he's there because he's only played yeah. like ten games with them or something. So that's what happened with the Nets, right? And it's even though more so here because he was traded at the deadline. So you know this is a Suns team that realistically their window is very small because Chris Paul is probably done after this year or next year. Um, and he's already not the same player he once was. Um, so, you know, what will he even be in Phoenix next year? A lot of people seem to think no. Uh, they don't have any bench depth because they got all, rid of all of it to get Kevin. And then they have Devin Booker. Now, on paper, they'd still have, you know, a team with DeAndre Aiden as well that could come out of the Western Conference, but they just don't have a whole lot of chemistry. So it's going to be an interesting series. I think if the Clippers had Paul George, you would take them 
to win this series. And they uh, already won one game though without him. Yeah, and they already won without though. George. I don't so know they if might have head, so. more depth than. Uh, I don't think he's coming back for the series, so we'll have to wait and see. But you know, they still might have more talent overall than the Suns do. So I think it'll be an interesting seven-game series there between those two teams. Yeah, it would definitely will be. We'll keep an eye on it, talk about it on the show each day. Uh, before we hit this break here, this final break of the day, get some really good news out of Orchard Park, New York. What about York. my question? What's your question? In the topics. Which player needs this to, this year to win the championship the most for their legacy? It's a good debate. Yeah. Do you want to answer it? You go first, Colin. I want it, obviously, for Boston, right? I want Tatum to start his Hall of Fame Always got to show his fandom, just like he did for the Orioles. 100%. I want him to start a big dynasty in Boston, start his Hall of Fame career with a championship at 25 years old. That'd be great, but the honest answer, I think, is KD. Yeah, it's KD. See, I think KD, you can't really take anything away from him if he loses, because like I said, he hasn't really played that many games in Phoenix, but... A lot of people are looking for him to win a championship kind of on his own, I guess, in some ways, even though it wouldn't really be on his own. Uh, and, you know, getting a third title would probably solidify him as a top 10 player all time, even though talent-wise, I think everybody agrees. Kevin Durant's one of the most talented players to ever play the game. Um, in my opinion, I think Nikola Jokic could use it because a lot of people still look at him as kind of that stat, stat stuffer in the regular season that's been – you know, a great player in the regular season, but hasn't been able to really do anything in the postseason. I think winning a championship, especially this year when, uh, you know, nobody really thinks, even though his team's the one seed, has any chance of coming out of his own league, let alone winning the, uh, or winning their own conference, let alone winning the league. So I think if Jokic were to go on and win a title, we would start to look at him on a much higher level. And he's the kind of player that's so different that if he just wins one championship automatically, you know, his overall, I guess, ranking all time or his, his viewpoint all time as a great player is solidified uh, because of him being really different than any guy we've ever seen with his size uh, and the way he plays the game. Yeah, I would. I mean, I, you got to pick KD, I think. I'm agree with Colin here. I shouldn't I don't agree know, if with you're Colin. Doing KD, I, I might change mine because it popped into my head and I completely forgot. So. I just think KD is a guy that you know. He's the last couple of years. He's had a very interesting ride. How about Embiid? I mean, yeah. Philadelphia. Trust the process, right? He hasn't brought one there yet. He's having an MVP season this year, and ultimately, probably will be. I agree with that. But he hasn't had a championship. That, yeah. That's something that he said he did or was going to do from day one and hasn't yet. And honestly, how much more time does he have with Philly to get that championship? Yeah, that's a good that's a good point there. Uh, so, we'll talk more I'll about the NBA as uh, the playoffs go along. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll wrap things up, talk Nats and O's as the Beltway Series begins this evening. Talk about that as we wrap things up next on this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes.
This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the sports mix for your. Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. Brought to you in part by the Mayor's Cooper to Mayor Prize Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Or call 304-263-4343 as we wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, the Beltway Series begins tonight. We'll have the coverage for you uh, after the EPAC baseball game between Jefferson and Hedgesville, unless it goes into extra innings and it goes past the time. Who knows? It could. It did it could. last time. It, the last game did, but we'll have that coverage for you on radio tonight and tomorrow as well. Uh, but the Nats and the O's doing battle at Nationals Park tonight. And uh, for the Nationals, it's going to be Josiah Gray on the mound. And I believe for the O's, it's going to be Kramer. And then tomorrow, for the Nats, it'll be Mackenzie Gore, and then to be determined for the Orioles, or yeah, for the Orioles. But I think, uh, think based upon if the Nats' offense can be as alive as as it's been, I think they got a shot to win tonight. Kramer has a nine point four nine ERA. I think they've got a shot if they can put some offense up to win a steal game tonight, or maybe tomorrow. Uh, because Mackenzie Gore is looking pretty good as well, 2-0 on the season with a 3.0 ERA. That's every team, though. If the offense can put up, what, seven-plus runs, they're typically the team that's 
get a win, but I still ultimately think just the way these teams are, you, you have to put Baltimore as the favorites in both games. It's always fun when the teams do battle because it's How do you have to put them as field. favorites? I don't put them as a favorite with Kramer on the mound. Because they're a brother team. They're Kramer brother gives team. up 10 runs a game. He doesn't, though, actually. No, he doesn't. That's just his ERA. Yeah. He's given up 4, 4, and 5. So he doesn't give up 10 runs a game. That's just his earned run average. It's based off of stupid stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're the better team. They have the better system, the better players as a whole on the field. Uh, so I, I think you got to put Baltimore as the favorites. If Washington gets a win and they split or if Washington sweeps, it's nothing huge. It's just ultimately something that maybe you look at and you're disappointed in Baltimore because you're supposed to beat the teams that are worse than you. I'd be pretty disappointed if they got swept. I wouldn't be surprised so. if Washington maybe got one win in there uh, because the Orioles pitching hasn't been the best and – uh, a lot of these games they have had to come from behind to win. So if the Nats get a really good start from either Gray or Gore, you know those guys are capable of that. I think Dean Kramer uh, had a great spring training, so if he could maybe get his stuff back and, and pitch well here tonight, he could be a little bit better than those numbers do say. But um, you, know, you guys have told me the most thing you're worried about with the Orioles is their pitching staff. It, it, it the bullpen specifically, though. I mean, Batista's got Starters better. haven't been good enough either, though. Starters other than Gibson, yeah, have been struggling, even though you can't be dishappy with Rodriguez. I mean, yeah, he's had some times where he struggled. Dishappy? Is that a word? Unhappy, dishappy. <laughs> displeasured, I guess? Disappointed? I don't know. Uh, disappointed. Disappointed. not just necessarily the word that I would Combining multiple different <laughs> things into one, but... Other than the first innings that he's had, he's worked his way through it and gotten better. I mean, we talked yeah. about that his last outing. Yeah, he put up or he allowed four runs in the first, but after that he had eight strikeouts and went, what, four or five scoreless innings after that. So you got young guys that are coming back, and the future definitely looks bright for Baltimore. But I'm offensively, I guess, really looking for Santander. Start started to heat up a little soon. bit. He, he got a home run his first, so that's Did off well, his mind now. Against the White Sox. Against the White Sox. But I, I want to see him in his production offensively continue to grow because last year was his best year, and you thought from his talented outing in the World Baseball Classic that he was going to not start with a pretty bad slump. I think he was before that home run like 3 of 33 or something. Yeah, I mean, that's how baseball is, though. It's a game where you go through, you know, hot streaks and cold streaks for yep. most players, except for some of the great players. They <laughs> typically have less of those cold streaks. But, um, you know, overall, I would expect the Orioles to win both games, but I wouldn't be, like I said, I wouldn't be shocked that they split the series here. And I think that's what you at least need to do against the team that. Uh, on paper, you are better than at least with the lineup, maybe not the pitching in these particular matchups. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. But the Nats and O's do battle tonight, 7.05, and tomorrow night at 7.05. Tomorrow night, we'll have the full, the full broadcast beginning at 6.35. We'll join in progress tonight after the Jefferson-Hedgesville baseball game. Want to get this note in? I got it via Twitter. 
Xavier Kirk of Hedgesville, class of 2025. He's qualified for the Adidas National Championship for high jump in June. And uh, he said he's honored, but he's still got work to do. So congratulations, Xavier Kirk, as he's going to go to the Adidas National Championship for high jumps. So he could probably be state champion here in the state of West Virginia with that. But that'll do it for this this edition of the Sports Mix. Pre-game coverage for Hedgesville Jefferson begins tonight at 6.40 on radio, TV, and YouTube with first pitch set for 7 p.m. Then we'll have the Nationals following on radio, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight and again tomorrow on the Sports Mix. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. You're listening to the Panhandle Leader in sports coverage. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg.